0: My name is Louisa, um, and this is our first interview for the Roosevelt Group. It's our new initiative where we're starting a new series where we interview student entrepreneurs here at St. Andrews. And so um, to start us off, let's see. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. This is Madeline Silton. You are third year, correct? Yes, I am and so you are our student entrepreneur you have started a film and media company called mad productions llc which is based in your hometown in minneapolis as well as here at st andrews so we have a lot to get through and so i guess to start us off thank you so much for coming and could you tell us like what is it that you do like what does it mean to run a production company
1: yeah of course thank you for having me um i guess The interesting thing about what I do is that I sort of started in sort of working on film sets and I think um, which is actually something it was interesting I talked to recently as I had done a um, production runner's day with this company and what they said is as a freelancer you're essentially your own business Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and so I guess in some ways I sort of am my own business as you know someone that works on film sets but then in other ways Mad Productions creates films and that's something that I'm super interested in. So, um, Mad Productions has produced now two films. Um, one was in 2019, um, a film called Empty Space, which was a more larger scale production of around 16 people, and was something that I worked on with a grant. Um, and so that's why I chose to open a, a company because obviously working with money, um, it's just much easier to have an LLC to work out of rather than just you know my own bank account. Um, And then it also makes it easier to hire people to work on my film. And it also just makes it easier to organize, you know, if I am expensing things, you know, for the film set. Um, So that was the reason that I chose originally to open up MAP Productions. But it has also sort of served me well in as a freelancer because um, not in the UK, but in the U.S., if I'm working as a freelancer, I can essentially then get paid through my LLC or, you know, pay people from my LLC Um, And then recently, actually, I have been making a children's book, which has also been helpful then to just work out of my LLC, Mm -hmm. even though technically it's not a film project. So that's, I guess, exactly what I do.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. How did you get started on this? You mentioned your your film.
1: Yeah. So well, so I first got started on film production um, when I was actually still in high school. Um, I was 16 and I started working really just for commercial sets. Um, and so I was just a production assistant, sort of essentially, you know, you know, running around and sort of doing errands, but I actually really enjoyed it. And so then after that, I was able to get on narrative sets. Um, and I'd always sort of been a writer and I wanted to do something creative. So it was kind of a, a great sort of opportunity to sort of see that being apl- uh, like applicable to sort of a real job. Um, And then I was able to make empty space because I received a grant from an executive producer named Stephanie Dillon, who was extremely supportive of me as an artist, which was then sort of allowed me to sort of create my film and then sort of start out
0: my company. Have you always like seen yourself wanting to be um, in film or in writing or kind of? Yes,
1: so that's a good question. I guess not necessarily. I think it kind of fell into my lap when I was like 16 because I realized that I could sort of do something creative that, you know, was sort of in the real world. I'd always sort of wanted to be a writer, but obviously being a novelist is, you know, kind of its own art. But I think personally, like, I wanted to sort of be active in something. And I think being on set sort of allowed me to be active in a role, whereas, like I, you know, being a novelist, you kind of do on your own. Um, so I guess that was, once I realized that that was kind of a possibility, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do.
0: That's so cool. So when you're, so when you have your own company, does that mean that you're like the director and the producer and the writer, or do you designate that to different people?
1: So, um, at my own company, I guess I'm sort of in charge of it and there aren't other people sort of in my company working. Um, I guess maybe someday that would be something that, you know, we expand to, but (laughs) <laughs> At the moment, um, it's sort sure of just me running that, but in, with Empty Space in particular, I, um, I wrote and directed, um, and then I co-produced. So I had two producers on my film, um, and, uh, so like one full producer and then one other co-producer, um, and then, you know, we hired out other people to sort of do other various roles, um, uh, you know, art department, you know, sound, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, that definitely wasn't just me as a whole and, um, I guess, you know, technically, I suppose, since we were working with my company, you know, I, my company was hiring out a producer. But for the most part, in that particular film, my producer was in charge of a lot of the paperwork aspect. And then I sort
0: of oversaw it. OK, gotcha. Nice. So what does your life look at look like, like at St. Andrews? What do you study? What do you extra, extracurriculars do you do, societies?
1: Yeah, so I study English literature, um, which is something that doesn't actually, you know, relate to film, but I feel like actually <laughs> kind of serves me well in film in a way, because I feel like good writers have to be good readers, For sure. um, or at least that's what I say. <laughs> yeah. um, and then this year I was able to be a part of um, Don't Walk, which was also kind of an incredible experience because I was able to do a lot of video and especially sort of in this, you know, weird COVID world where normally we would, you know, section off roles to different people. There weren't always people around. So I ended up doing a lot of the video, which was actually super cool. And I really liked doing that.
0: So is that your, does that just happen this year? Yeah, just this year. Nice, nice. And so, do, yeah, so how well have, has that complemented what you do for your Ike LLC? Does that, like, was that underneath your company, would you say, making that video?
1: So it wasn't necessarily, I guess, underneath my company, but I definitely think, you know, what I've learned, you know, with my company has definitely sort of served me well in other areas, particularly at St. Andrews, just because the professionalism that is required and, you know, sending out call sheets and sort of figuring out, you know, how to go about it, only really having a day to shoot, like definitely has, you know, taught me time management and just how to manage a large group of people and just really teamwork in general.
0: Yeah, that's like, that's a good like I guess question is how has your like making this having it being an entrepreneur like making this company affected like your skills and like taught you things that you can apply to life at St. Andrews
1: yeah well I think it kind of works both ways in a way I think coming to St. Andrews and I don't know about your experience I'm sure because this has been kind of a weird year but Mm -hmm. I think coming in there was a lot less hand-holding than at uh, like a university would in the States,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: they you know, give you only really two assignments each semester. They give you a lot of freedom. And I think that is something that I, you know, applied to sort of working my own business because, um, you know, one, you kind of have to be an individual. You have to sort of manage your time on your own. Um, and then it kind of, I guess, works both ways because, you know, owning a company also, you know, allowed me to be more successful in doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of adulting. <laughs> like Yeah. So okay, so does it take a lot of time and energy during the during the week to run it? Like are you are you always kind of like in your mind working on projects or is it do you have do you have a designated time that you spend on your LLC?
1: So I guess specifically for me, um get, and I guess this would be a bit different than, you know, a company that sort of other people are relying Mm -hmm. on it. I think, you know, the amount that I put in is sort of what I get out of it. Yeah. Um, First year, I definitely was doing a lot more with it because we were in pre-production for empty space. And so um, I would have meetings with my producer, you know, we'd be hiring out crew. Um, I was, you know, as soon as I got home from winter break, we were doing casting. And so um, because, you know, I was here while that was going on and I was going back to Minneapolis to cast, it was you know, coordinating where we were going to do casting, coordinating who was going to be there, coordinating what actors were going to show up. And so
0: mm-hmm.
1: that definitely required a lot more energy than um, I think right now when I don't have as many projects going on. Mm. Um, and I but I also think sort of just generally in my creative sphere, like I'm always kind of working on what I'm going to be doing next. Yeah. Even if I'm not like working necessarily towards an, towards an official goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it hard to to manage a company that's based across the world?
1: In some ways, I think it's hard. Um, And it is kind of interesting because I think once we all went remote, I was like, oh, I've been used to this since first year because technically I was working entirely remotely in pre-production for my short film. Um, But it it hasn't been too hard. I think I work more um, in production assisting, coordinating over the summers um, as a freelancer. And so then sort of that aspect of my business sort of ramps up. And I don't necessarily do that here because – working on a set full time just isn't possible, obviously when schoolwork is going on. But I guess during the year I'm kind of always preparing to do that.
0: Yeah, so after your first film, I guess your debut kind of coincided with COVID pretty strongly. How has COVID affected your company?
1: Yeah, so um, it has been a bit difficult, I think as so many things have changed. Um, I was really lucky in that I was able to show Empty Space at a festival in Minnesota. Um, Like, sort of right all before this went down, because last March, when, yeah, literally, um, because I think it was in October, and then um, it was sort of just starting to like the submissions were rolling in. So I was submitting to a bunch of festivals, and I was supposed to hear back around March. So then, of course, you know, I, all of the festivals are like, we have no idea what's going on. Like, and a lot of them ended up not even doing it remotely. I think a lot of the festivals going on now have figured that out, but Mm -hmm. sort of right as it happened, all of them were like, we're just canceling. We'll, you know, maybe we'll do it next fall, but otherwise it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, So that definitely was a bit of an uh, inhibitor with that particular film. But um, I think luckily I was able to show it um, in one festival and I have submitted it to a couple more just to sort of see what would happen, but it definitely has changed the world because festivals used to be sort of a place for networking. And right now you can't really network online in a festival. You kind of can They're you know, they're trying, but it's just really not the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But also I guess getting on set has also become more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I was really lucky in that I was able to work with um, Netflix actually this past summer um, mm-hmm. as a production coordinator. Yeah. It was, a one-off YouTube episode um, for a TV show called Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj, which was such a cool experience because it really felt like we were doing something. And it just, I hadn't been on set in a while and it was, it just felt so great to be back on set and seeing a camera rolling and seeing the interview going on. So. That's
0: awesome. Especially with like this summer, it's like, that's kind of like a dream that you were able to find this awesome opportunity. That's so cool.
1: It's the, I'm very excited to, when can get back to person, but it was definitely a great experience and um, it was just great to sort of be back on set and sort of see uh-huh. cameras rolling. And it was definitely then a great experience that it ended up being with Netflix. And that was obviously exciting, especially being in Minneapolis at the time um, when everything was going on with George Floyd, the video we were doing was about George Floyd. And so it ended up sort of feeling like we were really doing something and, Especially, I think, when, you know, every, no one had really been on set in a while because of COVID, yeah. being on set for something that felt really important, I think, was just really cool. That's
0: awesome. So after that, I guess, um, during the school year, how do you continue your filmmaking processes here at the Andrews? Do you have like a network or facilities you use or societies that you're part of? How does that work?
1: So um, most of the films I have made have been at home. Um, Empty Space was at home. And then this past summer, I made another one called Ghost that I also created in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Um, Although recently, actually, we did create a um, 60 hour. There was a competition called the 60 hour film blitz. And so we actually did create um, a film with that sort of society in 60 hours in just one location at our flat. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was, that was a cool experience as I hadn't done a whole lot of filmmaking since this one I did over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was also kind of cool to have sort of the confines of only 60 hours to be able
0: to do it. Yeah, How long do you think it took to like film versus edit versus all that stuff?
1: It was kind of a mix. I think we were just kind of doing it all at the same time. (laughs) We would film some, we'd edit it.
0: We'd film some, we'd edit it. (laughs) Nice. That's so fun. How have you learned to balance like work life and your projects and school and... All that stuff.
1: I think luckily for me, I feel like it comes quite naturally. I think I sort of, you know, set my intentions out for the day, and you know, frequently those, you know, intentions are prioritizing my university work. Yeah. But then, sort of in my free time, I am generally sort of working towards sort of some sort of goal. I have been doing a lot of writing recently. Has um, I just finished a feature length script and. I think it's sort of, you know, I have these ideas and so I sort of carve out some free time where I just sort of sit down and I'm able to do it. And then sometimes it just sort of comes more organically. I'll just have the time and I'll you know feel the desire to write something down or, you know, email someone about a potential project. And then it just sort of
0: kind of works in that way. Is there anything specific you're working on right now?
1: Yeah, so I'm working on sort of two things. Although I I also sort of work, you know, simultaneously on a lot of things. I have been putting a lot of my energy into writing some feature scripts recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, My ultimate goal is to make a feature film. And so I have been working. I just finished a feature length script. And then I'm actually going to be doing a script analysis class at the National Film and Television School just in one evening to sort of try and, you know, work towards completing it. And Mm -hmm. then ultimate goal would be to sort of somehow produce this um technically a short film is anything under 45 minutes generally speaking short films are under 20 just because Mm -hmm. it's hard to um give a long short film to a film festival because um how film festivals work although this is changing i guess because um they're they're not confined in time limits anymore but generally you get a block of um i guess it's kind of random film festival facts but there's like a block of films and so they generally have 45 minutes for a block And so then the shorter your film is, the the easier it is to sort of fit. So frequently they'll have, you know, 10 because the more films you have, the more people generally fill seats. But the longer a film is, the harder it is to sort of fit into these blocks because you don't want to fit like a 45 minute film into one block with like one other film.
0: Yeah. Okay. gotcha. So you're working on a feature film. How how long do you think that process would take you?
1: So it's kind of a mix. I had this, I've had this idea that I've been working on for a fairly long time. And I sort of came to me in a weekend. And then sort of suddenly I sat down, I think it was during my quarantine, right after I gotten back, and I just wrote it in four days. Yeah. And then I looked back and I was like, this is terrible. But th- since then, I have been sort of working towards editing it and filling the gaps and sort of showing it to people that I trust to read it. And I've been working on it in that way.
0: The creative people that I know all seem to have found like, Felt that COVID has kind of like totally squashed their creativity. Have you felt that way? Like, do you feel like you're less, have less ideas since you've been quarantining and having to self isolate?
1: I think that's kind of how it started out. I kind Mm -hmm. of felt quite defeated. I think I get a lot of energy from doing things. So, Mm -hmm. being on set and seeing other people create things just really makes me inspired to create things as well. And so I think when that was kind of taken away from me, just because, you know, sets weren't allowed, you know, Mm -hmm. the film production, like sort of wasn't wasn't prioritized because obviously, you know, it wasn't technically a priority. And so I think that, you know, sort of made me feel a bit defeated at the beginning. Um, But I think, you know, we've all sort of been adapting. I've, you know, been working on, you know, several different projects and it has been, I think, getting better. I think at first I was sort of like, it was hard because I feel like I take a lot of ideas from everyday life and the people I mm-hmm. meet. And, you know, when you're not meeting new people or having new experiences, I found that quite difficult. But I think it's I think it's gotten better. And I think especially sort of this semester, you know, I've made this feature film and I'm also working on a children's book through the same company. And I'm going to be releasing that, I think, either beginning of the summer or end of this spring. So mm-hmm. I have felt like I have been doing some things creatively.
0: That's huh. <laughs> Your feature film, you started planning it during quarantine?
1: Yeah, so um, I essentially just sat down and wrote it during this quarantine.
0: Does it have any roots that stem from COVID life or COVID things, or is it completely unrelated?
1: Well, it's interesting you ask, ask that actually, because I had the original idea w- well before COVID, but it um, the idea sort of stems around, and it's a bit of like a horror thriller, um these two people stuck in this cabin
0: um
1: <laughs> really, I suppose isolated from the outside world oh. and while I guess I wasn't at all sort of inspired beforehand I definitely think potentially my experiences are yeah. now sort of helping me finish the story
0: definitely can take some some like inspiration from being stuck in home for sure so let's see would you say do you have a role model in the industry or someone you're you're looking up to
1: yeah um, so I definitely would say um, you know being a woman in the industry can like at times be challenging and so I feel like frequently the women that I see you know in film is are all you know women that, that I sort of aspire to be in many ways because you know any woman that has you know become really successful in the industry, I feel like has defied you know some odds in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know this, but only five women have ever been upper best director at the Oscars and this year there are actually two. Um, Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennel if you know who the, they are and I sort of feel like you know they kind of have proved that you know like they can defy those odds literally in like one year and so yeah. I feel like in many ways like I kind of look up to them
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's amazing uh, what advice do you would you say you had for people who are interested in either writing or directing or producing and wanting to get start making their own films
1: So I think the production industry in particular is really in like a networking, the people, you know, but not necessarily, you know, the people, you know, sort of the random connections, but really just being on a set, the people you meet, then lead to other jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the two most important things are really like a good attitude and coming prepared. Because, you know, obviously like a good resume might get you a job, but the people you meet there are going to be the ones that ask you back or lead to future employment. Gotcha. Because with film, um, most jobs are really short. It's either a couple days, sometimes a couple weeks, if you're really lucky, nice. a couple months. So if you don't do well and you you know give off a bad impression, then you're likely never going to work with these people again. So I think really just, you know, being prepared, you know, mm-hmm. not being, you know, too much in into like, you know, other people's business, but sort of making sure that, you know, they know who you are, you know, if they need something, you know, you're probably there for it, because sort of just being prepared will get you future jobs.
0: That is really good advice. Thank you. Would you say, so I guess it is a very people-oriented industry. How do you think it's going to change post-COVID?
1: I mean, I think once this ends, I think it's probably not going to change that much. Mm -hmm. I think luckily with production, people aren't going to stop watching media. You know, there is everything from, you know, the small media on YouTube and even, you know, things like TikTok, I guess, that like people consume and likely will continue to consume, Mm -hmm. you know, to the larger scale of, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and all of these places really desire content. And I think particularly right now, we're at a time where they're running out of content and desperately trying to make more. Mm -hmm. So I think sort of fortunately for this industry, it's probably not going to change that much. Um, I mean, I do think in some ways they're going to learn that pre and post production don't have to be in person. Um, I did some pre production with this job with Netflix, and we did it almost entirely remote. And -hmm. I think that's something that, you know, people are going to be able to learn, you know, Perhaps you could hire someone from Minnesota to work on a film in New York and you'd only have to hire, um, you know, bring them out for filming dates, for example.
0: Um,
1: But for the most part, I don't think there's going to be that much of a change.
0: That's good. That's good. (laughs) Um, So what dreams do you have, I guess, going forward for your career, for your life um, in terms of like film and production?
1: I think definitely my biggest dream is I'd really like to make a feature film. Um, I think a lot of what I learned making Empty Space and sort of the subsequent films have definitely sort of provided me a lot of insight into what that might take. Mm -hmm. Um, Empty Space was almost six months, probably more, almost a year pre-production. And it was for something that ended up only really being six minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, I... I feel like the next step for me after making the short films is really to make a feature film. And that might be after university, but maybe before you never know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then I guess just in general, like, I really would like to stay on set. I love being on set. I love working as a freelancer and meeting new people and traveling to different places. And I think that's definitely something that I hope to
0: continue doing. One more thing I'm, I guess I'm wondering is, like, how do you know when you can your film is done? How do you know when to say to stop editing, stop working on it?
1: Yeah, I guess that's something that everyone sort of has to work on, which is, you know, nothing ever really feels done. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, once you sit on something for a while and like it's been a long enough time, you're like, okay, like it can be done now. But I think sort of when you're doing it, sometimes it doesn't always feel done. I think in some ways you're working when you're working towards a deadline, then, you know, the deadline is the finish line, you know, even if it doesn't feel complete. Obviously, if it was completely in shambles, it wouldn't be complete. But, you know, if you once it's, you know, completed in a state that you're happy with, and even if potentially there could be something you wish changed, if there's a deadline, then sometimes you kind of just have to work towards that deadline. Um, But I feel like in some ways it is just intuition. You know, sometimes things, even if it's not exactly how you want it, and I think nothing is exactly how you want it. I think you sometimes are like, you know what, this is the best that I can make it. Perhaps if I could go back in time, I would have changed these little things. But at the end of the day, like, I'm very happy with it. And I'm glad that we made
0: this. And I think it's done. And I guess it is kind of a snapshot of where you were at the time, too. Like, does does it feel like that um, when you're editing your films and when you're looking back on them?
1: Yeah, I think definitely um, I made a short film this past summer called Ghost, which was – about like a couple calling each other during um, quarantine and it had this, this figure of a ghost. And I kind of based it off of um, a lot of the friendships that I had going on during the time and how I felt kind of disconnected. Yeah. Um, you know, even my friends that I was so close with, you know, back at university, and it just felt like we were sort of in like completely different you know, places in the world. And, you know, all of us were having our own sort of unique experiences. And I feel like in a way I kind of drew on that and I sort of placed it on this, you know, fictional couple And I feel like maybe I'll look back and be like, yeah, I guess that is kind of how I felt communicating Mm -hmm. during that time.
0: What would you say is your favorite film that you've made? And also, where can we find these films?
1: So I think um, Empty Space is probably my favorite because it was a larger scale one that I made. Um, I just loved the cast and crew. I feel like we all like really sort of worked together. And it just felt like such like a fun day, even though, you know, we were all working um, and you can find it on my Vimeo page. I It's under my name, Madeline Silton. So I think if you just Google me on Vimeo or on my Facebook page um, for Mad Productions LLC, it's just Mad Productions LLC. Gotcha.
0: And how can we like stay up to date on your new projects? And do you have um, social media that you want us to follow or clue in, or clue into? Yeah, so
1: definitely I'd say the best place to go is my um, Map Productions LLC Facebook page. I post most of my projects. Um, All of my short films generally end up in there. um, And the other sort of photography projects I've done, as well as the children's book that I'm making, will all be on
0: um, that page. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Thank you for having me. Of course, have an amazing rest of your day. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do and what um, comes from all your projects. Thank you.